wow, come on. If you thought you were going through the fire alone, this is your awakening. I know some of us have gone through a season where we feel like we've been burned. But I'm telling you that God's promise for you today is that you're going through that fire and that fire was not meant to define you, but refine you. You're going to come out not even smelling like smoke. (laughs) Praise God. Well, Heavenly Father, we just submit ourselves to you today. We thank you, Father God, for what you have in store for us today. Lord, this is your moment. This is your time. And we come before you with open hearts and open minds. To you be the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Welcome, church. Welcome those of you that are watching online to part three of scarcity. We've been talking about how we as human beings tend to build walls, even cities, around lack, around a mindset that there's not enough, or that you won't have enough, or that you won't be enough. But just like we sang, God is in the business of tearing down walls. This series is about mindsets and miracles. How many of you could use a miracle in your life today? Come on. You came to the right place. I don't know if you've ever built walls around excuses. Anyone? Remember, we say that excuses remove our power to change. And without even knowing it, either by default or by design, we say things and we speak things. And the Bible says that life and death are in the power of the tongue. And what are those walls doing for us? You ever focused on a way of doing something so long that you became limited by your way of doing things? Maybe the reason that you're not getting the results that you hoped for is really because of what's standing in your way. A system of beliefs versus the spirit of breakthrough. You ready for your breakthrough today? I couldn't be more excited about today's teaching. A lot of you don't know what's going to happen next. That's the idea. But in part three of scarcity, you're going to hear from three speakers today. Come on, ladies and gentlemen, would you give it up for the three speakers? Pastor Charmaine, Pastor Steph, and Delton. Come on. Give it up. 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 And if you brought your Bibles with you, would you turn to John chapter 5? Because what's going to break the system is the scripture that we read today. It's the truth that's about to set you free. Would you turn to one person and say, get ready to be set free? Come on. Now, now turn back and say, I am. I am. I'm so excited, you guys. John chapter 5. And I'm going to have my beautiful bride uh, start it off. John chapter 5, verses 2 and 3. All right. All right. So John chapter 5, verses 2 uh, to 5. Actually, I'm going to include 6. And I chose the voice translation for you today because I felt like it gave you a lot of description of what's going on. So just to make it easy. But I'm just going to read it for you. In Jerusalem, they came upon a pool by the sheep gate 
surrounded by five covered porches. In Hebrew, this place is called Bethesda. Crowds of people lined the area, lying around on the porches, and all of these people were disabled in some way. Some were blind, lame, paralyzed, or plagued by disease, and they were waiting for the waters to move. From time to time, a heavenly messenger would come to stir the water in the pool, and whoever reached the water first and got in after it was agitated would be healed of his or her disease. In the crowd, Jesus noticed one particular man who had been living with his disability for 38 years. He knew this man had been waiting here a long time. This explanation of healing from an angel stirring up the waters was believed by many of the sick and infirm in the city. Instead of seeking out the healer who had come to town to heal and save, they had huddled around this pool, pinning their hopes on the chance that they might be the first in the water. We're not told exactly how many people might have gathered there on any given day, but I imagine there were probably hundreds. Of all the suffering people gathered, Jesus selected this one man. We're not told of his exact problem. He's referred to as an invalid, but we understand the general meaning to be he was in a state of debilitating illness for a very long time. I assume he wasn't just merely lame and on crutches, but probably paralyzed because he was laying on his mat and he couldn't get into the water by himself. I'm guessing there was probably people, maybe his family, maybe his neighbors or friends that brought him there each day but probably had to go to work, maybe even to help support him. So he had no one there to help him get in the water, no friend. Jesus has learned his story probably from talking to the man himself that he's been stuck there for 38 years. And I can almost hear him trying to explain to Jesus the reason why he hasn't been able to get healed. The man in John chapter 5 was standing face to face with the one who had healing in his wings, and he didn't know it. So he starts making excuses. Valid excuses, real reasons. This man did have a real problem, a real par paralysis. He says, Sir, I have no one to help me in the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes ahead of me. I'm in a system that isn't working. I can't get to the water. I don't have anyone to help me. They went in front of me. They blocked me, etc. Isn't it wild how in the presence of an unlimited God, we can stay stuck in our explanation? Everything the man said was a fact. But I want to remind you today that faith has the ability to override facts. Right? The man tried explaining to Jesus the way the system worked around there. I have nobody to help me into the pool. Jesus already knew he couldn't get to the pool. I'm guessing that's why Jesus came to him. And I want to say today that breakthrough begins where our excuses end. Speaking to myself too. The man tried to blame everyone else for blocking his breakthrough. Aren't we good at that? They didn't help me. They went in front of me. Maybe it's not so much about when our situation changes, but for us to let God do a work, a change in us, outside the system, outside the explanation, outside of reliance on other people. 
How about you and me? Have we learned to live with things that Jesus died to take away? As well, are we surrounding ourselves with people who are challenging us to stretch out, like we learned last week, to look up, show up, and grow? Or are we choosing the company of others who are feeling stuck in their circumstances because it makes us feel better about ourselves? And that's our first point today. You can't hang around sick people and expect to get well. And I'm not watching my time. And I wonder if Jesus didn't choose to highlight this story of a paralyzed man because he knew it could describe each one of us at some level. For some people in this room, there's something that isn't going right. I could take a guess that everybody in this room has something that isn't working or a place they might feel stuck. But here Jesus shows up in a situation full of pre-existing conditions, paralyzed people, people who had been a certain way for a long time. The truth of the matter is, not all sick people really want to get well or to surrender their lives to Christ, even though that is their true need. Sometimes their sickness puts them in a place where they get a lot of attention. It's working for them. We're all by nature sinful and in need of a healer in the spiritual sense. We may be blind, lame, or just stuck. But full provision is made for our cure if we go to the healer. John 5, 6. When Jesus saw him laying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, He asked him, do you want to get well? So our second point is, I can't get healed or I won't get healed. So I'll give you a little insight into my my past. From 16 to 21, depression had a massive hold on my life and it shaped my thoughts and, and my actions for that entire time. The mental trap the enemy had on me became normal in my mind. It, often we choose to live in the comfort of our discomfort. It's kind of like when you have that job that you hate and you keep complaining about it every day and then you keep going back on Monday. That's being comfortable in your discomfort. And we need to choose. What I had to do was I had to choose to submit to the Lord and reach out to receive healing, just like we do in worship. When we put our hands up, it's an act of submission. Just like the man laying there in our story, I believe Jesus often comes to our rescue and asks us the same question, do you want to get well? And I believe he asks us this because as humans, or at least for me, I have a hard time with believing without seeing. That's also the definition of faith. And it's hard to receive if we choose not to believe. See, the devil likes to create roadblocks in our mind, and I, I really believe that there's somebody in this room here who is believing right now what the enemy's telling them of that you're not enough or that you're not loved well I'm going to tell you right now that you are loved and you are enough see I believe I started to believe that and if the enemy can gain access into your mind he can possibly gain access to your heart if you let him and I allowed the enemy to roam around in my head for so long until I started believing the stuff that he was telling me and I started to put myself in that depressive state and he cleaned his hands and walked away because I was taking myself out. 
But he didn't quite get to my heart. And I know this because I never quit fighting for a better mental state and to live in the joy that God has for us. And I, I failed a lot because I was searching for happiness and I was trying to find that, that hope and that strength and happiness. But the thing with happiness is when you get your house or your car or whatever it is, it peaks and it drops. It doesn't, it doesn't last. It's, it's awesome. There's nothing wrong with happiness. But if your hope and your strength is in it, you're going to feel that. But joy stays like this. On your worst day and on your best day, joy stays with you. So happiness is circumstantial and joy is everlasting. Jesus wasn't done with me yet and he's not done with you. And he never wastes a crisis. And I'll tell you, the only limiting factor to God doing great works in your life is you. See, we need to let go and let God because at the end of us is the beginning of him. So today, I challenge you to choose to reach your hand out like the man in our story. He reached out in submission to Christ and to receive the amazing healing and transformation that God has for you. And if you need more proof, read the Bible. And if that's not enough, look around you because there's people in this room right now that have been healed. And I'm one of them because I stand before you today depression-free, living in the joy of the Lord that is my strength. Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I am trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, Get up, pick up your mat, and walk. My point I'm sharing with all of you today is the difference between having a system of belief versus having the spirit of breakthrough working in your life. When we follow systems, we need to stand in line and wait to get in. I know we've all been waiting in line for something at some point in our lives, and we've just been waiting and waiting and waiting, and the line never seems to move up. I feel like that's what this man felt like. He was waiting for this miraculous event to happen, this life change, this healing. But what he didn't realize is that when the spirit moves, we're put on a completely different timeline. We are put on God's timeline. In anyone else's mind, there was absolutely no chance of this man's circumstances changing. His life change, it hinged on his ability to get into that pool. That's what he thought. That was what was in his mind, which either relied on him recruiting the right people to be there right at that right moment, pick them up, throw them in, and before anybody else could, or him being able to get up, stand up on his own two feet, which honestly was impossible for him at that moment. He had been an invalid for 38 years. That's a really long time. Just relying on and hoping for and waiting on that small, insignificant chance that he could get into that pool before anyone else could. As we read in this passage, he came up with excuses like Pastor Charmaine shared instead of just answering the simple question that Jesus asked him. I know we do that all of the time. I know I do. I have excuses for why 
I don't think my life is where it should be at this moment in time or why it's not where I planned it to be at this moment. And when we look at this man's case, his excuses were based on the brokenness of the system that he was relying on for his healing. But then we encounter verse 8, and that's where everything changes. Then Jesus. I want you guys all to say these two words with me. They're two simple words. Then Jesus. Okay, I don't, I don't think you guys quite understand the gravity that those two words hold, and they will hold in your life. So we're going to say them again. Then Jesus. Then Jesus. <laughs> I think we all need that reminder when we're facing mountains, when we're facing insurmountable odds, when we're facing that crisis again, that pain again, that diagnosis, or that battle. Then Jesus. Every single testimony you will ever hear goes this way. They all do. Literally every testimony. My testimony the testimonies of everybody that's sitting here behind me, they all go that way. I was broken beyond repair, then Jesus. I was caught up in a life of addiction, then Jesus. Anxiety had stolen away years of my life, and then Jesus. I was on the edge. I was ready to give up on life itself, on everything, and then Jesus. I was sick and no one thought I was going to get better. The doctor said that I would not get better. I know there's so many people that have those testimonies. They're sitting here right now. But what changed? Then Jesus. Jesus walked right on in and he changed this man's life forever. He still asked him to do something. He needed to take action and he needed to move to get his miracle like Pastor Matt shared last week. It took him stretching out and stepping up in faith to receive his miracle. I can just imagine and picture this man. He's laying there on the ground and he just slowly starts to get up on his trembling, shaking, weak legs that slowly grow in strength every single moment that goes by. And that just blows my mind because we know there are people who have experienced exactly that. This was no man-made system that restored this man to full health. No man-made system could do that. Even the health system of that time, it could not do that for him. But this was the power of the Spirit and the Spirit of God, a breakthrough at work in this man's life. And he can, and he will do that for you as well. I believe that. I know so many people in this room personally that they've had that then Jesus shift in their story and in their life. And if that's you, I'd like to send you guys another challenge and that is to share that moment with someone else this week. I love that um, Delton shared his testimony with all of you. That was so powerful. And I want you to remember that even if you think it's a small thing, it's not. Your testimony is powerful. It is significant. It is the story of how Jesus changed your life. And you need to share that with somebody this week because it could change their life too. 
And I also want to talk to you if if you're still on the other side of that, you're still waiting. You're still waiting for your story to change. You're waiting for that shift, for that then Jesus moment. I want to encourage all of you to take that first step today. You can have that change in your life. You can have that then Jesus moment where you go from the past to the future. And Pastor Matt, he's going to come up and he's going to share how you guys can do that right away here. Oh my goodness, come on, give God some praise for these amazing speakers in the house today. This is, this is our takeaway. Don't miss your miracle. Don't miss your miracle because you are so obsessed with the method. Don't miss it. I love what my beautiful bride said, Charmaine says, you can't hang around sick people and expect to get well. It's the same reason that you don't let blind people proofread your vision. I like what Delton said. The only limiting factor to God working through your life is you. You may be a product of your past, but you don't have to be a prisoner of it. Then, Jesus. Come on, Pastor Steph. Then, Jesus. Allow this to be your then, Jesus, shift. To shift your story for his glory. You see, in this season, you can either break down or you can have breakthrough. It's up to you. Either breakdown or breakthrough. It's up to you. It's a matter of belief. Would you stand with me? Paul says in Romans 10, 9, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe that God the Father raised his son from the grave, you will be saved. That's your breakthrough. That's your relationship. That's the spirit that will break every system that tries to come against your unbelief. Jesus. Then, Jesus. If you're here today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, I'd like you to invite you into that right now, right here. We're going to do exactly what the scripture says. And we're going to invite Jesus in. So would you just pray this prayer with me right here, right now? And if you've prayed this prayer before, would you do so again with your whole heart? But maybe for some of you today, it wasn't the information, but the revelation of then Jesus. We need less system and more spirit. Then Jesus. Say, then Jesus. Repeat after me, dear Jesus. I know what it's like to struggle, to mess up, and to miss out. I know what it's like to sin. Would you please forgive me? I'm ready. I believe that you chose to die for me. 
I believe that you rose from the grave. Would you come into my heart? Would you be Lord over my life? Thank you that I'm not a product of my past. Neither am I a prisoner of it. Thank you for setting me free in the name of Jesus. Amen. Just stay in the moment. Just, it's a beautiful moment right now. Keep your eyes closed. The Spirit of God is here in this place. His healing is in this place. Breakthrough is in this place. If you know of a system of belief that is limiting you right now or has to this point, has limited you, would you just indicate to me with either a thumbs up that yes, there's been a system that's been limiting my belief right now. Just recognize it, recognize it, recognize it. Yes, 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 yes. Hands all over the room, all over. The enemy doesn't like that you're doing that right now because you're shining his light on it. It's no longer in the darkness anymore. I'm just going to pray over you. Father God, I thank you for your spirit in this place that you would flow down from the top of my brother's head, my sister's head to the top of her toes. I thank you, Lord, that your spirit is breaking the system of unbelief. I thank you that your spirit is breaking chains of sickness, depression, anxiety, fear, lack. Thank you, Father God, that the spirit of the Lord is in this place and where the spirit is there is freedom and while you're still in this moment if you prayed that prayer which we prayed for the first time inviting Jesus into your heart while heads are bowed and eyes are closed would you just give me a thumbs up say yes pastor that was me today thank you awesome thank you oh God is so good we're going to continue to press in and and recognize that this is a holy moment and in this church and this family we always make moves because faith without works is dead and we fill this tank out of faith every Sunday for baptism maybe you don't know what baptism is about but we are commissioned not to make converts we're not about religion we're about relationship And in walking with our relationship with God, he commissioned us to go into all the world, baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. When you go under that water, it says in Romans that you are literally crucified with Christ. All those things that held you back go to the grave. When you come up out of the water, you are resurrected with Christ. You step into a new season, a new part with new authority in your life and if that's you while we worship you can just come forward we've got towels we've got clothes and we would be honored and privileged to baptize you today let's worship together